You're listening to the Across the Pod NFL podcast as part of the Eurotrips network. It's time for another season preview and this time it's a turn of the Arizona Cardinals. And with me, I was joined by two guests in two separate recordings in Oliver Kent and Sam Morgan. Now we're going to bring these two recordings together in the same episode as these two boys give their thoughts as they preview their team's upcoming 2023 NFL season. Hope you enjoy. the pod podcast the 2023 nfl season is just over two months away and we are once again like last season doing our season preview episodes and we are doing one for every team with a fan of every team and this time it's a turn of the arizona cardinals and with me i've got with me sam morgan how are you mate how is life i'm good mate i must be one of maybe three arizona cardinal fans <laughs> in the country mate so you've you done well to get me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, why the Cardinals aren't that followed, because there are certain teams, maybe it's because you haven't had the success like the Patriots or Steelers, but you know, even teams that haven't, even like the Browns and the Lions have got way more fans in the UK than the Cardinals. And why do you think that is? Why do you think that there is just no, seemingly no Cardinals fans in the UK? Because we're probably the only team that's only given any hope of success once in the last sort of 15 years, probably. <laughs> uh, and, we, and we fumbled that as well. So um yeah that might be have something to do with it we are literally and the thing is all the cool teams around us all the la teams aren't far you obviously got now vegas in it you know we're not the most glamorous side we've only just changed our uniform as well and that's a bit meh (laughs) as well so yeah nothing exciting about us but i try to go under the radar but it will always be the hope that will kill you every time like if we do start to win games i know what's going to come around the corner but it is don't tell don't tell dre i said that though (laughs) <laughs> I always find like up. <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure I clip this and send it to him. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here with a returning guest who was on for our season fiction last time. Back with us is Cardinals fan Ollie Kent. First things, how are you, mate? How have you been? I'm good, mate. I'm good, thank you. How have you been? Yeah, good. Not too bad. Um, yeah, talking off camera, I've come back from America and I did the trip, looking to complete the set this year, which includes a Cardinals game. Um, and yeah, looking forward to season ahead. I'm looking forward to London games. Me and you are going to the same ones. So hopefully, we'll you know bump into each other at some point during the day. Uh, a lot of people I know that are going to this game who have been on the show. You know, Luke and Steve from the Hairdryer Treatment, they're going to be there. You know, there's so many, so many people there that I know are going to be there. So it'd be nice to meet a fair few in person. Obviously, we are here for the Arizona Cardinals um, season preview. Um, in terms of just a quick look at the departures and incomings, um, people that have left, I won't name everyone because there's quite a lot of names for both ins and outs, but JJ Watt to retirement, um, Robbie, or I think his name's Chosen now, Anderson, he's left, DeAndre Hopkins has been released as well, um, and then look at sort of the front office side of things, Steve Kime has gone, the general manager, 
as has Cliff Kingsbury. He was replaced by Jonathan Gannon, who's come in. Other players that have come in, uh, Alden Tate, uh, Matt Hack, the punter. And apologies if I mispronounced or forgotten anyone on this list. But you look at backup quarterback, there's Jeff Driscoll, wide receiver Jack, Zach Pascal, Kazir White, Kelvin Beecham. So, sort of, yeah, it's, what's your views on that? Because, um, you know, we saw what happened in the draft. You had the third overall pick. You traded it away with the Houston Texans, which is seemingly going on to next year. You look at the likes of Caleb Williams, um, and I forget the wide receiver's name that everyone's talking about, but are you sort of fearful going into this year about how bad it could be, or are you almost looking at it as almost a year you have to go through in order to then get the guy you want for next year? I think, I think yeah, the latter of the point there that you just mentioned there, we, we have to go in with that mindset, as fans anyway, that don't expect anything this year. Um, however, I would say this. If it was Steve Kime as as GM, I would be worried because he just notoriously couldn't draft. So it wouldn't have mattered if if we go and try and take the sort of the number one pick or anything like that to try and sort of manoeuvre because he just couldn't he couldn't draft well. The great thing is is obviously um, what we've seen with Monty. Monty's come in and he's just got us in a good place. Is he's, he's actually one of the best drafts in terms of like the, what he's built up going into the uh, twenty twenty four draft now we've got some good collateral yes you can see the jersey behind me it was a shame to obviously lose d hop but d hop's obviously dead space now but that will create sort of that 20 million um of space for the following year so we're going to be able to actually maneuver in the free agency as well as as well as the draft um come next year do i say we're going to be challenging for for a ring next year maybe not but it will put us in a very very good position to try and do so and then build on that from the 2025. I think with Gannon coming in and look at any conversations they're having, if you look at what the Eagles done, if you looked, I don't know if you saw obviously the graphics before the Super Bowl, it's quite interesting looking at the defense of the Eagles where where they got the, you know, the starting 11. It was just draft, 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 draft. And it's actually, if they can put that model around that. And again, on the flip side with the Chiefs, their offense was draft, 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 draft. So you, you have to get someone in the background to get that right. And I believe in Monty at the moment. I think Gannon, will, time will tell. We never know, do you, when you come from, obviously, a, you know, the, the coaching position taking that number one role. Um, yeah, no hope in my eyes. You know, I think we're going to have to to battle it out. However, I will say this, some of the players he's actually brought in, um, like Isaiah White and a few others that have come in, even Paris Johnson, I think actually can put us in a place to showcase Gannon Gannon's skills and, and the rest of the sort of young coaching staff he's, he's put together. So don't expect anything, but don't be surprised if we cause a few upsets um, throughout the season. Firstly, it, you know, this this is a completely different conversation to where we were last year. You know, if you go back and watch last year's, it was a lot of optimism, talking playoffs, that kind of stuff, really gearing up. Um, you know, you're talking Tyler extensions, that kind of stuff. And like you say, you still had Cliff, uh, still had Kime. Um, and then you, you, you know, shift it 12 months to now. And let's face it, it's a complete blow up rebuild. And so I think, you know, you have some Cardinal fans who perhaps don't understand sort of how the cycles of the NFL go. You know, they're all webs and flows. It's very rare to have a team that's consistently good. And then also have a team that's consistently bad. Something's clearly gone wrong there. But it's complete rebuild, man. So like you say, those outs and everything that's gone out the door, it's, it's been done for a reason. 
you know, it's about consolidation. It's about pooling resources. And, you know, you speak on the draft and the trade, you know, I'd argue we, we had a top three draft this year, not necessarily in the players, but certainly in that, in that draft. And you can tell even from, you know, I think the Hopkins move upset a lot of fans because it didn't make a lot of sense, but you look at it, it was just about getting rid of money, um, you know, and it's all about hedging into that, that 2024. And it's the same you see it every year with new coaches year one, let's just see what they can work with and if they can actually develop young talent. Right, they don't really care about the old guys who aren't going to be hanging around. They're not going to be there for the window or whatever, you know, the championship run. Can they develop the young guys? If yes, you know, even if you only win three games in that first season, but is there promise? Is there hope? Yes. And then, you know, a good general manager, which you know, I think Monty's done a good job so far, is about loading up, saying, right, we've got some potential here. Got talent, head coach, got talent on the field that's young. Now we can start pressing the matter and, and pumping money into it and, and capital and going from there. So I think it's a patience game at this point. I want to say I'm happy. I want to say I'm upset. I think the word is I understand. <laughs> I mean, speaking of the draft, I mean, you mentioned Paris Johnson, sixth overall. Um, he took BJ Ojolari, brother of Aziz Ojolari of the Giants, uh, 41st overall. Other players, I won't mention everyone, there's far too many, but Garrett Williams, cornerback in the third round, as well as Michael Wilson, wide receiver from Stanford. Um, obviously, I think it's, you know, it's, really set for next year as we talked about before and that really leads on to my next point is about Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray wasn't drafted by um, Steve or sorry by the new GM or by your new head coach Jonathan Gannon you know he's missing the first six games his NFL career so far has been a bit up and down it's all has split opinion we all know what happened last offseason with the contract and the and the clause that was in that do you fear for his job as a starter because if you do get the first overall pick, whether it's for your own bad record or whether it's for the Texans um, next year, you know, Caleb Williams will be there. You know how a lot of teams will take a callback and use the first overall pick. Do you fear for his job that, you know, six games in, Colt McCoy could do well or he could not do well, but he, he could come in mid-season, team's already down, not perform. Gannon didn't draft him and therefore he could be out of a starting job. Do you, do you really fear for Kyler or do you think that, if you were to do bad and get the first overall pick, do you think maybe you could do something like the Bears did this year and trade it away? What do you think will happen in terms of Kyler's future and the picks you've got for next year? I think Kyler still has the number one job, if I'm honest. I, I, I generally believe this is probably, the injury is probably actually going to work out quite well for him because, because we're not probably going to do very well, obviously, this year. If Kyler was starting, people still use Kyler as an excuse, no matter what's in front of him. Kyler can have literally the, like me and you in the offensive line and they would still blame Kyler. You know, that's that's kind of how it is for me. So I think if we can leave K1 this year towards the latter stages just to get some reps in so it's not he's not set out like a whole season. Um, going into that draft, that 2024 draft, you put the pieces and give him what, what he needs potentially. And that's not necessarily just the O-line. It's actually getting that defence right. So actually... He can get he can get the rest, get the reps in, and, and obviously get him on the or, or potentially even get him back on the field quick enough to obviously make make sure he cooks. The other issue I had with with Kyler last year, and this isn't actually with Kyler, was was the system. Cliff kept him in the pocket the whole time. This is the this is Speedy Gonzalez. Like let him go, like just let him let him play and put him around that weapons. And to be honest, it was interesting conversations when you heard about like what Gans has always said and addressed about Kyler was. 
you have to let him play. You have to let this guy play. He's got a set of skills that not many QBs have. And it's it's the same with what we've seen of Justin Field once they and, and Jalen Hurts. Once they've actually let him go and actually do what he needs to do and, and make those decisions on those plays, he's been all right. And Cliff got it right the Cliff got it the right the year we've got in the playoffs. And we had that unbeaten run. I think it was like 12, 13 games. But then as soon as he tried to put him in the pocket and and sort of just restrict him, all fell apart. And he continued to do it going into that season. And it, ultimately, for me, it was what got Cliff fired, um, ultimately. And they haven't really sort of protected him in, in that way. So for me, I think he still has a starting position. Do we trade away another pick? I don't think we do. I think this rebuild has been positioned. Like, it, for you to collect so many draft picks for the next year for 2024. I wouldn't understand why you would then trade away another draft pick unless we were going to go big and it is a big trade, you know, to, to, to bring and take someone from another team. That's the only thing I could imagine. For me, it look at it and go, we're probably going to have two picks in the top top five going into 2024. For, for me, we're going we're gonna to have that. And then, and then sort of going past that, we've already collected so many in the second, third, and fourth round. Kylo will be fine. I think they, I think they build around him. He's young enough. He's, he should have enough maturity in terms of uh, experience now. But I will say this: if it doesn't work in twenty twenty four, they'll look to move him. I think he's got one more sort of full season, full regular season. Um, and if it doesn't work, then I think they will push on to go and get get someone else. I'm interested actually in the backup in, in tune, the young lad, um, you know, keeps saying he's the best QB in, in the draft. Um, I, I love the confidence, but um, I think we'll actually probably see him um, more than Colt um, actually in, in, in the time before, before Kyler comes back in. Yeah. I think it's interesting because it's, it goes back to the thing again, that it is that real short leash. And you've got one or two years, as you say, from to really prove it. He can be the number one guy. And as you say, I mean, give him a wide receiver, like with Justin Fields, Josh Allen, to uh, give him a wide receiver and you see improvement in of looking at the people you could get. Obviously, the main one is Marvin Harrison out of Ohio State. But you can even look at the likes of, obviously, you could try and protect Kylo with the likes of, I think, the number one tackle this year is a guy called Olu Fashanu or Fashanu. And then the guy with the coolest name I've ever seen, um, Kool Aid McKinstry, a cornerback from Alabama. So I think. <laughs> You could even go that's down. Unreal. Yeah. I mean, that is <laughs> cool, eh? That's just like, that's unreal. Um, but, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's the best thing I've ever heard. But it's, um, I, I still do fear for Kyle purely because we've seen the Cardinals maybe different now because Steve Kine's gone. But Josh Rosen, Rosen had one year, new head coach comes in, Cliff Kingsbury, he's gone. And then I, I do fear for Kyle in that sense that. Jonathan Gannon, we don't know whether he rates Kyler because not everyone does. And some people you know, like a mobile quarterback. Some people like a pocket passer. It depends on what kind of style he wants more quarterback. And I think it's, it's, I think it's almost like an audition a little bit, I think, personally for Kyler because he'll go into this season and I think if he doesn't perform and I think that number one pick will be there. And I think it will really tempt. And I'm not, I'm not even unsure that the Bears were at some point tempted taking a quarterback before they traded back. So I think Kyler is, for me personally, I think he's definitely a concern um, for his starting job. But at the same time, I do get what you say, and I do think that we you can use what we've seen in previous drafts, what the Bears done this year, and they could trade back and really get a great haul. I and mean, they got DJ Moore out of the Bears, sorry, out of the Panthers. So I think that 
even with that, you, you, as you said, you could trade that number one pick to say, I think that maybe the commanders, if they're sort of, you know, a team like them who maybe get seven, six, seven wins, who are nowhere near getting a number one overall pick, they could give them, I don't know, a Jahan Dots or, or something like that. You could see going the other way and maybe a team will do that. But I, I do think that time will tell on that. I think as well, it's, it's, it's the Kyler situation it makes it a lot more difficult as well, mm. you know, because it's a went back kind of situation. Um, I saw something the other, I think there's a lot of, Cardinal fans are quite optimistic that he'll be back sort of, you know, October time, maybe sort of like almost like week five almost or something like that. I think that's fairly delusional, to be honest with you. Like his rehab looks like it's going fantastic, all this kind of stuff. But I think what a lot of people actually forget when it comes to things like these kind of injuries is that, you know, you get to when the injury actually happens and people whack a recovery date from there, right? But that's not how it works. You know, if they have a surgery two, three months after that point, that's when the clock starts ticking. And so I think I saw something the other day that the earliest he he might be back is sort of like anywhere from week nine to week 12. Now, in my mind, he'll push for week nine. And the reason for that is, you know, as we mentioned with, especially with the Texans trade and the way the record's going to probably look by the end of the year, they're going to have quite a high draft pick. And there's obviously a very certain talented QB, you know, in that next class, Right. If he waits to week 12 to get rolling, I don't think those five weeks are going to do enough to convince Gannon, convince Monty that they should stick with him. You know, don't go for Caleb Williams, stick with him. I think if he fights to go back week nine, he's got a fighting chance. It has to be some good, some really good ball for those nine weeks. But yeah, I think that's that, that's where it's at basically. And it just makes it so hard to predict, obviously, where we'll be. And it also just makes everything hard to assess, you know. If Gannon does well with, what, Clayton Tuna rookie out of, you know, fifth round or, you know, anyone else, like, there you go. That's the hope and promise I spoke about earlier. That's the talent in the head coach that you sort of back and then you say, right, sorry, Kyler, we're going to let this guy, he's sort of proven he's got a grip of the game we'll let him choose who he wants because that's who he's got faith in you know none of the old regimes there who picked Kyler none of them there who extended him you know he's gonna have to prove something this year and unfortunately he's in a really bad situation because he hasn't got a lot of talent around him on the roster so we'll see yeah we actually mentioned in part one with Sam Morgan is that you know what is what is actually what he said it wasn't you know the general manager and head coach combination that picked him, Steve Kime and Kingsbury are no longer there, you know, and this is a, a franchise that proved it with the guy Moe replacing Josh Rosen, that they can be very quick to get rid of someone, no matter where they were picked. Exactly. And I think that if you get to weeks, even if you get, even if you get to week 12 and someone's done, like Colt McCoy's done a good enough job, say he's won six, seven games and then Murray comes in week nine or week 12, as you're saying, and then he gets, I don't know, he only wins two or three games. I think, that could be right the on the wall at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right is on the wall at that point, hundred percent. And I think as well, a lot of people, especially when it comes to QB moves, you, obviously everyone looks at the cap hit and the money and the numbers. But I mean, it, you know, it's been telegraphed. The the Hopkins, you know, decision is the writing on the wall. You know, they don't care about the cost. They they've got a vision. They know what they want to do, and ultimately, you know, okay. I don't, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but let's just say, you know, it's almost like a, a 90 million cap hit or whatever for Kyler Murray, you know, if you get rid of him at the end of the year, right? Okay, you move on from, or, or you figure out some sort of trade. There's going to be a large dead hit cap, huge dead hit cap, right? But then it's, 
if you then go draft Kelly Williams, almost essentially as a trade-off, you've just paid Caleb Williams the money instead because he'll be so cheap on his rookie deal that the dead cap, it's the same as having Kyler Murray, but you've just chosen a QB that you want instead and that you build around and then eventually the dead cap will drop off. So, you know, I think it really is a hot seat, I think, year. And I've got a feel for Kyler just as a fan, but just I think anyone in general has got a feel for him because he's under all this pressure. He's got to come back from an ACL injury, which, as we know, is one of the toughest injuries to come back from. And he's surrounded by, frankly, the worst roster in the NFL. So he's got this monumental challenge, you know, and and more life to him if he does well out of it. I'd, I'd be very confident with him going forward, but it's going to be a tall order, really tall order. And you got to think as well that he's had Kingsbury. You know, goodness knows what happened if Josh Rosen was there with King, could, could you have had it could have been. <laughs> really but, um, do you think there's a chance that we could see a repeat of the Bears in terms of, say, for example, 2024 draft, for yourself and Texans, you have the first two of all picks. Could you see potentially mm-hmm. you pick Marvin Harrison, what Marvin Harrison second overall, and you trade back and get something for, and keep Kyler? Do you think that could happen? Do you think potentially the front office could look at that and go, "Right, we're going to Kyler's our guy. We're going to stick with him. We're going to do what the Bears did last year." Especially if the Bears do well, if the Bears have a good season as a result of this trade back they had. Do you think they could do that? Maybe. No, I think I think it's absolutely. On the cards. I, I don't see any reason why that, that wouldn't happen. Absolutely not. I mean, if you have the first overall pick, that, and especially with someone like Caleb Williams in, you know, the mix, if you're happy with what you've got, I mean, that has got to be, I would argue, one of the most valuable first overall picks in a very long time. A very long time. Right? And even then, just off the top of my head, how many other QB sort of hungry teams are there going to be, you know, potentially in that 2024 class right maybe Tennessee uh, Washington 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 don't have a great a great outlook at the moment you know Green Bay we don't know what's going to go on with Jordan Love there you know for we know Aaron Rodgers could hang up the cleats at the end of the next you know there's so many variables so many moving parts there I genuinely think that could that number one pick will be one of the most valuable number ones we've we've seen in a very long time and it just means that in terms of what we can, you know, what we could command for it would be massive if, if, like we say, Kyla sticks around. And then, like you say, if you have a two overall pick, you go and get the best offensive player in, you know, non-QB in Marvin Harrison. And then, you know, you, you could end up with, you know, two, at least two top 10 picks, right? Certainly at least two top 10 picks next year in the Texans one and in the, um, you know, if you traded out or whatever, you could arguably get the best non-QB offensive player and the best offensive player to come out the draft. And then you're looking at, if you're talking key positions, if you're happy with QB, you've got a QB. Parrish Johnson, left tackle, arguably the second most important position, you know, in the sport. Wide receiver, which is getting up there with, you know, if you took Marvin Harrison. And then you'd look at the defence, you'd just have to start loading at key spots, get yourself an edge rusher, cornerback, you know, those are the five positions. If you look at any good team, they're solid at those spots. Do you know what I mean? There are not gaps at that spot. You can have gaps slightly elsewhere, whatever. There are no gaps at that spot. You know, um, and I think I think Gannon and Monty have made it pretty clear that they're going to be building from the trenches out. You know, that's what they did this year. It wasn't a very sexy draft this year. You know, Paris Johnson, 
no one was sort of jumping for joy when it happened. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people wanted Will Anderson, right? Parashon's not the sexiest pick, but it's the right pick. It's a smart pick. You know, what do we know? If you, Either way, if it's going to be Carla coming back from injury or it's going to be Kayden Williams next year, you've got to protect it. It's an investment. That's the decision they made. They're going to build the trenches out. That's the way it's going to go. Let's head to the final segment of the episode, which is going to be our win-loss-tie segment, which is going to be, <laughs> you're going to try and predict every game of the season with a basically oh with a one answer of win-loss or tie. Okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> right, so week one, speaking of the commanders, um, you're on the road to Washington, win-loss or tie? Win. Okay. Um, of course, that will be Oh, interesting when you get the Commanders episode later on when Chris Milner comes on. Um, interesting what he said about that um, that week one clash. Uh, week two... Don't believe anything he says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I will, I've been trying to find recently his um, his prediction from last year because he came on for the Commanders one last year and I believe it was 11 wins he had last year for the Commanders which, um, which proved to be not quite, not quite the case. <laughs> um, yeah, week two... Um, First home game of the season is the New York Giants, which, of course, your good friend Dre will be keeping an eye on, and I'm sure you two will be, I'm sure, watching a game somewhere with a beer somewhere in London. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say a loss, actually. I, I'm, Yeah, the Giants are the dark horses for me this year. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say loss, unfortunately. Do you reckon? I think the, the Giants are a team that I think, you know, you see every, every year you'll see a team that, you know, it's not the playoffs and they make the playoffs and vice versa and I think the Giants could be easier team that drops down to not being the playoffs again I, I don't know why I think that I love what he did the first year but I, I don't know I think that all the money they gave to Daniel Jones I don't know whether that was the right, the right move I'll, I'll, I'll keep this short on the Giants the Giants are going to be very uh, patriots of old doesn't matter what it's the system he's going to put together and now he's actually put better players into that roster that's why I say I think there might be a problem. So yeah, and that's another reason why I'm saying that loss. Also, you you were with Dre recently, um, friend of the podcast on was it Wednesday or Tuesday? You said, um, yeah. How's he feeling ahead of the Giants season? Is he is he confident or is he? You know, how's he feeling ahead of the season? He's com- he's confident. He's always confident with the Giants. He has to. He's, <laughs> he's like you though. You got the, he's got the Liverpool on the other side. So it's always the hope at the start. Um, but yeah, I always said that the hope that will kill you always. But um, no, he's confident. I think um, he should be. He should be. They did, you know. As I said, they did well. They put it up. And I don't want to say nobody's. As I said, these people are coming in and, and doing a job. And you know, I think Saquon Barkley will get that contract sorted out. And once that's that's the only grey cloud hanging over him at the moment. So yeah, they should they should be optimistic. And they need to because they need to quieten down the the other team in in New York, right? Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I, I um, I actually, I am actually quite scared of the Jets. I'm more scared of the Jets and the Bills, if I'm honest, this season in the AFC East. But um, yeah, I would love nothing more than than that to be shut down. I mean, um, the Black Friday game between us. I'm actually going to be watching that at a um at a watch party in London with loads of Dolphins and Jets fans. That's going to be really exciting. That's going to okay. be um really interesting to see. I mean, I I know a few Jets fans in the UK, and I think it's going to be um. I I love I would love nothing more than the Jets do badly. I would love nothing more than Rogers just to um completely stink out stink out New Jersey. I would I would love that so much because I always worry whether was his last season in Green Bay because he was unhappy or did he take it down to him because of his age? And I think we'll see that this year whether he um can be the guy that Jets finally. But it's the Jets. 
they're, they're a cursed franchise. They'll probably, you know, find a way to mess exactly something that. up. Yeah. <laughs> that is the only analysis sort of point you need to put out. It's the Jets. <laughs> that is it. Like, it's, 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 they will not. No one's going to pull up trees there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was well. Was that um, Ashwin as well more than anyone else? That they're all saying Rogers is going to be the guy taking to the next level. But in Green Bay, how many times did he lose in the playoffs? So many times in bad ways. So I think that it's you know great player and all that, future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer. But he's only made the Super Bowl once. He's he's lost so many playoffs, and a lot of them I have to say were down to him. So I think that um, yeah, I think that. Obviously, he's much better than Zach Wilson. Don't get it wrong. It's a far proven. I think they'll still, I think they may still win the division. And I think they might even get 12, 13 wins. But we've seen it in the playoffs countless times. I don't think Rodgers will against the Chiefs or the Bengals or I think even the Dolphins maybe in the playoffs. I think that, you know, they could easily lose again. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> right. So, week three, um, up again, them boys at home, Dallas Cowboys. How are you feeling about that one? Oh, I can't stand the Cowboys. And I've got my guy, Scott McCabe. Uh, I'll say <laughs> loss. I'll say loss. I actually forgot to mention, actually, I'm actually going to that Giants game week two um, in Arizona. So that should be quite an exciting, exciting experience. Have you oh, been okay. I have, mate. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I'm a Cardinals fan. I used to go quite a lot um, with, with my dad. He's out that, out that neck of the woods a lot of the time for work. So that's why I became a Cardinals fan. Um, but yeah, so it's an impressive place to be. Good weather, yeah. so you should enjoy it, mate. Should enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I actually never knew that about you. I never actually, definitely, I've asked you why you were Cardinals fans. So that's good to know. Um, mm. but no, I'm looking forward to it. It's a um, it's a rearranged trip from 2020. I'm going on, so it's Vegas, then LA, and then San Francisco, San Francisco. But in amongst that, things like Palm Springs, San Diego, and all that. And Arizona wasn't our plans originally, and then I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna. It's obviously it's a third something like game, I think it is. I'm literally, I'm literally just gonna book a flight, get there for like three days, go to the Grand Canyon, etc., and then and then go to the game. So it should be good. Nice, mate. Nice. I'm planning to be out um in New York actually for in December because they got the back to back um Giants and the Jets. They're playing oh, um, nice. Sunday, Monday. So uh yeah, I'm gonna try and try and do that and get out to some games. But yeah, mate, you you, you can bring me some souvenirs from Arizona. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> the Colt, which, Colt McCoy jersey, okay? Is that, is that good with you? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I need a new doormat. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of San Francisco, uh, week four, you travel there against the 49ers. This is, this is, you see what I'm saying? The schedule for us is not great. This is where I see, this is another loss. The 49ers, I mean, they need to get something done. Um, with this team, so yeah, that's another loss, and I think a bad one as well, like a actually a bad loss. Yeah. Hey, doesn't get any easier. Week five at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. This is the upset. Oh, okay. This is the upset for me. Hey. Yeah, this is the upset for me. Uh, I'm gonna go with a win on this one, and and I, this is this is the upset. Oh, okay. This is I, I, that, that's well, my, that's my that. upset for the year. Yeah. Yeah, and that's um. I mean, I actually don't really ever root for the Bengals, if I'm honest. Um, so I actually wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing that that happen. Um, but week six, yeah. um, on the road to the Los Angeles Rams. This is a win for me. Uh, we we are going to be the two that fight out for that bottom bottom <laughs> spot. Um, 
But I think we can. I think we'll win that one. I think that's the one we can win um, in our, in our division. I think. I think the Rams. I think they're being a bit under under what's the word underappreciated because I think obviously it all hangs on the balance of injuries. I think that that was their problem last year. But I think if you get Stafford back from injury to the play was before, same as Cooper Cup and Aaron Donalds and all that. I think whilst I don't think they'll be you know, two bowl champions again especially with Ramsey gone. But I, I do think that, that I think they could easily, you know, especially in the NFC being a weaker conference, I, I can still see him making the playoffs. Not, I think, you know, I think the 49ers and Seahawks are probably too strong for him. But I think certainly as a one of the wildcard teams, I certainly think that they should be looked at. But if, obviously, if the, if the way last season was and they don't come back from injury the way they were before, then I think, you know, this team will struggle for years. But then again, we'd all want that. I'd, I'd take five bad years if it meant winning a Super Bowl. I would take five bad years if the Dolphins, if they were going to win a Super Bowl, I would take that because that's, yeah, that's what you want. Um, so, yeah, I I think they um, did the right thing, I think, personally. Um, week six, sorry, week seven, no, week seven, I should say, uh, on the road to Seattle Seahawks. This is a loss. Uh, the Seahawks, I, I think, could be quite good this season. I mean, they got some serious firepower there. Um, but yeah, this is this is a loss for us, unfortunately. And it, I, I actually, it's hard to actually call the Seahawks or the 49ers to win our division. It's really tough. But yeah, I don't think we win that one. Yeah, I think they've they've literally been the, almost a, the example to set, I think, of how to draft because they got rid of Russell Wilson at the right time. And they bought in, obviously, they brought in Geno Smith, who's done really well, but also they bought in Devin Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's a really good first round. So I think they are, they're proving why they are one of the best run franchises, in my opinion. Um, week eight at home to the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are so unpredictable. Hmm. I'll go W. I'm going to go W. Okay. Um, I'm being optimistic here. But yeah, that's that probably will be our last win. But I'm going to go W. Well, so far, it's a 4-4 four and four record looking at the schedule right now you've got so far. So, yeah, not not a bad start. I think that definitely would be a, yeah. a start to the season where people will be, you know, I think, I think if I'm honest, a bit, a bit shocked by that, if I'm honest. So, um, yeah, I think that would be mm-hmm. a good start. Um, yeah. Week 9, on the road to the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I can't root for you-know-who, obviously, at the Browns, but I think they I think they beat us, actually, on the, on the road, I think, for us. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a that's an L for us. Yeah, I I think most people, certainly myself, aren't rooting for the Browns at all, as long as that guy's there. Yeah. Um, week ten yeah. at home to the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, it's the Falcons. They'll probably be up. They'll be up in the third quarter, and we'll come back and win. So, uh, yeah, a, a W for us. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> week eleven, the Houston Texans on the road. I think the Texans. Yeah, I think the Texans beat us. I think. Um, yeah, with, with Ryan obviously now in charge, they've put in a couple of pieces there. We're going to get haunted by the not taking Will Anderson. Basically, <laughs> is what I think is going to happen. So, um, yeah, I think I think we lose that one. Okay, and then week twelve is a home game against the Los Angeles Rams. I think they get the. This is where I think it will be a sort of win and loss situation. So. I'd say that they beat us on this occasion. I think this is what's going to happen. So, yeah, I think they win that one. And then week 13, before your week 14 by week, um, on the road to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, this is a difficult one because no one's really singing, jumping up and down about the Steelers. This will really depend on the, on the, whether they've got momentum, like they've built up some momentum, if not. But, you know, and if not, sorry, they've 
we'll win it. So if they've got a winning record at this point, they beat us, which I don't, I don't think they will. So I'll say that we pick up the W at this point. But again, if, say if they've got the momentum, they'll steamroll us. <laughs> yeah, I think they're one of the teams in recent years that have, could have a really bad start to you. Then they just pick up and start winning game after game. So I think you'd rather play them in week two, yeah. I think, than week 13. I think they're not the best team to play down the stretch. Agree. Um, week 13, yeah. um, back again against the 49ers, this time at home. Another battering. So, yeah, <laughs> a loss for us, I think, unfortunately. Um, then week 16, one of my favourite places to go, Chicago against the Bears. I think they beat us. I, um, Bears fans should be excited a bit. They're not going to win anything. They're not going to win it, but they should be excited this this year. But yeah, I, I think we I think we lose that one. Okay, and then finally, week seventeen, the hardest game you have, I think, on the whole schedule, on the road to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh it's going to be a horrible atmosphere <laughs> for, for for Gannon for for sure, uh, and the Eagles will be, literally will be flying at, at that point. Um, and they're there, yeah, they'll be a fantastic side. You can clip that and make sure that Ollie doesn't hear I said that. But um yeah, they're um yeah, they're they're gonna beat us. It's an it's an L for us. And then finally week eighteen at home to the Seahawks. Again, another loss. I think we'd have chucked it in by then. We'll be fighting potentially for, for one of those bad spots. So um yeah, I think uh, uh, another loss for us at that point. Okay, so that means that at the end of the prediction, my maths is terrible because I'm still getting used to the extra game in the schedule. Um, so it's going to be six and 11. That's not bad. I think that's better than, better than you think, better than we're certainly I'm expecting from you guys this year. So I think that's that's not a bad season. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'd say, yeah, I'll probably get a couple wrong. I, I'd say we're going to, it'll be, probably win like four or six games. That's where I'm, that's where I'm at mentally for this season. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think that's probably a realistic expectation. And I think the best thing about that is, you know, bad record, great pick. Um, but then also, you know, anything more than that, then it's a nice, pleasant surprise. I think either way it's... Um, yeah. And of course, you can still have a good season and still have the pick from the Texans. If they do badly, then, you know, you've got that as well. So I think either way, it's um, positive all around in that sense. Indeed it is. Yeah. So yeah, I can't complain. Great. So that is the end of my chat with you, Sam, about the Arizona Cardinals. Before we go, if you are watching or listening on whether it's YouTube or podcasts um, and you are a fan of 8-8 Sport, you've just seen Sam a lot on your YouTube feed recently with the likes of his Super Bowl Challenge. He sadly didn't win, but then going into his football content with the likes of Rory Jennings, and I've forgotten the Matity fan's name. But so how's that been? How's that work been working with the likes of Rory uh, over the last few months and working for 8-8 Sport? Yes, it's been really good. Listen, Rory, Addy, and, and obviously Steve, you know, obviously great, great fans of their, their teams. Obviously, when you got a Chelsea, Liverpool, and obviously City fan. Uh, I think it was difficult for me as obviously the momentum that died off for Arsenal at the end. So I got a bit of stick. But yeah, it's been great, great experience obviously working with, with people like that as well. And, you know, hopefully um we'll see a bit another better showing of Arsenal so I can still say my piece with my chest out uh, I might be uh, won't say anything crazy like Rory did about Haaland but um, he, yeah. he always take the heat for that one um, and obviously yeah the, listen the NFL challenge um, you know you know, watch this space as well obviously with, with that it's obviously always great talking about uh, this sport and obviously making sure more and more people in this country um, are obviously paying attention to it and 
you know, pods like your, your, yourself, obviously, across the pond and, and everyone else, even the guys, obviously, at, at Franchise Tag, you know, it's, it's great to hear, obviously, everyone's views and get more and more people talking about uh, this sport, whether it's old fans or new fans. So, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it, mate. And I obviously love talking about the sport and obviously um, coming on platforms like this as well. Very definitely look forward to having one again some point during the season. Uh, but in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod podcast. I've been Andy, this has been Sam, and we'll see you guys for our next season preview. We are here for the final segment, which is going to be our win, loss and tie prediction. <laughs> so we had Sam on part one, so I'm interested to see what you've got for the same game. So week one um, is on the road to the Washington Commanders. I'm, I'm just going to preface this and say that I'm going off of Kyler return week nine. That's It's obviously quite an important factor, but that's my date of return is week nine. So on the road to the Commanders, um, I mean, we've improved the O-line slightly. I've just seen that that Washington defence is too good. I think Rivera, no matter who's under centre, I think Rivera is just too good and it's going to be week one with Gannon. It's got to be an L. Okay. And week two of the game I'm actually going to be going to, it's a home game against the New York Giants. Well, home games mean nothing in Arizona in terms of <laughs> advantage or anything. That's what we've learned. Um, I'm I'm actually going to put this down. I think it's going to be closer. I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. I see the Giants progressing massively this year. I think they obviously massively performed, overperformed last year. Um but I've got to see some sort of regression there. But I still think it's going to, it's going to be a loss. I still think. Still going to be getting our feet going and stuff. Um, yeah, it's going to be a loss. Okay. And then week three, home again, but this time against the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I mean, that's the easiest loss you'll see. <laughs> Chalk it up right there. Okay. So not the best start, 0-3. No. Doesn't get any easier. My goodness, these next few games. It's a tough. Um, it's a tough schedule we've got. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. Because uh, week four you're on the road to the 49ers. Yeah, so it's obviously a loss. I mean, even again, like whoever they've got under centre, whether it be Trey or it be Purdy, the rest of that roster is just so good. Mm. You've got no chance. So it's a loss for me. And then week five back at home, but this time it doesn't matter because you're against the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same again. I mean, you know. AFC Championships, they'll probably end up there again. Probably a good showing for the Super Bowl. It's a loss. Uh, week six, um, on the road to the Los Angeles Rams. It's a difficult one. That roster is bad now. It is bad. It's been picked apart, scraps. It's interesting to see how Stafford's going to do. Um, I will still chalk it up to a loss. I will. But I think I'll be, I'll be, that's one I'd be most considering. Swinging the other way. See, I we mentioned this in the Seattle Seahawks episode that I think the seat the Rams could spoil people. I think their ceiling is one win in the playoffs, and that's it. It's a wild card team. But I think that everyone forgets that it's a year removed. They lost Ramsey, but they still got Cup, Donald, and Stafford. And if they come back, come back from injury, even half as good as they were before the injuries, I think then you could see. But I don't think they're going to go anywhere near Super Bowl again. I think the Eagles and Niners are far too strong. But I do think that they could potentially make it as a seventh or sixth seed. And if they, especially if they get the seeding in their favour where they go against the NFC South winner, I think that could be their way of winning it. But I don't think they're going to be going far. So I think people may be writing them off, but I think, you know, certainly if Cap Donald and um, Stafford especially come back and they aren't the same players, 
as they were for the injury, I think they're, they're probably going to be the top three worst teams in the NFC, maybe even the NFL. But I think yeah. with Sean McVay, I think you can never really doubt them too much. No, of course not. Of course not. People don't people don't appreciate the power of of, of coaching, I think, as well yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. Definitely. Um week seven, speaking of power of coaching, Pete Cowell and the Seahawks on the road. Yeah, it's gonna have to be chalked up as a loss. Again, I will say, sort of similar to the Giants, do see some slight re- regression there. But I think Pete Cowell is in that echelon of the Mike Tomlins, the Bill Belichicks, like a bad year in Seattle is, you know, eight and nine or nine and eight. You know, they know how they they know what they want to do. They know how they want to play. They've got some good talent. You know, it, it just is, is Gino going to be Gino? But then again, everyone thought Gino was going to be awful last year. And, you know, at one point he's probably in the MVP race, I'd imagine. But it's going to be a loss, yeah. And then we're we- on at the moment. 0-6, 0-6, 0-7. Not the best start. Um, no. uh, doesn't get any easier. Week eight against the Baltimore Ravens at home. Yeah, it's gonna be oh, it's an interesting one. Baltimore again. It's it, it's come down to that that coaching thing, and I'd put Harbaugh in that. You know, in that pick out, just tick over time and time again. It doesn't matter if it's bloody Joe Flacco or whoever. You know, they just keep going and. And sort of similar to the Titans, they, they will drag themselves across the line despite injuries. I mean, really tooth and claw it over the line. But still, yeah, it's still going to be a loss for me. I think we'll probably see some more hope and promise at this point in the trajectory in the season, but it's got to be a loss, yeah. Yeah, I mean, going back to Vabor, I love Vabor, and I think that this is why, for me, I don't think they'll be as bad as everyone thinks. I think there'll still be a team that I think, you know, at most seven wins, but I think that that'll be because of Vabor. Whether it's Levis, whether it's um, Tannehill, whether it's even Malik Willis, I think whoever's quarterback for that team, as long as you've got Derrick Henry fit and firing, I think he's going to win seven games. Even though he's probably declining in age, I think he still puts up the numbers. And I think that as long as he's there, and also I'm so excited to see him play the game we're going to, um, of course. The yes. I'm looking forward to seeing him play um, once again. So, yeah. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I'm really putting this with touching wood, I might be getting media access that game. So one, I might be getting... Oh. If I can be even in the same room as Derek Henry, that would be... <laughs> that would be amazing. That will be amazing. Of course, yeah. I've got Beckham as well, back in London. Of course, he's one of the most famous players in the NFL. I think people in the UK will know him without even watching a game. Oh. He certainly does. He doesn't watch the NFL. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. So. I mean, the, the NFL created a YouTube account because of his catch against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know about his sort of stardom level and his international pull. He is the guy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I went to um, an event in London with a uh, Jags UK event about two weeks ago. There was 10 players, uh, well, not one former and nine current, like Michael Gallup, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. I was talking to a friend before, and he went to the one where Odell Beckham came to the, for one of these shows. Mm. I can just only imagine what that, the queue was like and what the fanfare was when he walked on stage that must have been just because it's like back when he was when he came was it 2016 he came to London with the Giants he was then he was the man he was like the guy everyone knew he was the famous guy in the sport at the time besides Tom Brady Um, and I I can imagine it's a bit like say nowadays if Kevin De Bruyne went to America on a on a meetup I can imagine it'd be exactly the same it's just it's, it's not even that it's just he like 
it's outside of like he's, he's you know he's a fashion icon guy as well like he really connects with like that kind of you know he's got more i would argue he is like sort of beckham-esque you know david beckham-esque in the sense that it, it oozes and it's off the field as well do you know what i mean in that kind of pull it's not just the talent and obviously talent's there you, mm. you have to have the talent otherwise that kind of stuff won't go but that is what i would compare it to absolutely yeah, I'd say both Beckham's actually are probably more more celebrities than they are than they are athletes. Exactly. <laughs> athletes, exactly. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, week um, well, week nine against everyone's favourite quarterback in Deshaun Watson on the road to the Cleveland Browns. So I'm saying, Kyler, this is his first start. He's back. The rest of the team's probably gelled together a little bit more in his absence. You know, the O line might be firing a little bit better. That kind of stuff. Um, I'm actually going to put this down as a, a win okay. against against <laughs> Cleveland. I don't think I don't think Cleveland's all that. I really don't think Cleveland's all that. And I know you got the Sean Watson. I saw you ranked him last, which I will say is absolutely criminal of you. <laughs> but um, but I, yeah, I don't think Cleveland's all that. I really don't. If you're listening to this podcast and wondering why that <laughs> Watson thirty second, then head back to episode. You can find out. I get. I give reasoning as well for it. Why he's thirty two, and um, you can find out then as to why I put him in. Um, mainly more. It's mainly more for my hatred towards him. But there's definitely reasons. Why <laughs> oh, I just feel completely justify the hatred for him. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, week ten back at home this time against the Atlanta Falcons. I uh, should that. I'm definitely chalking up as 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 a win. Yeah. I am going to chalk that up as a win. I think Kyler comes back, you know, the rest of the roster, like I say, is sort of firing on all cylinders. Defense be a lot better with, with you know, Gannon. We've, we've tipped over the other half. I think also there'll be a lot of, like, a lot of uplift at that point in the season with Kyler coming back for the rest of the team as well. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of the guys will sort of go like, oh, well, doesn't matter if we're losing players, they've got that backup insurance of, well, we don't have our QB. You know, it's fine that we're losing, but we don't have our QB. He'll come back, light a spark, and they'll and they'll crack on. And then also, you look at the Falcons where they're at as well. They're hardly, you know, firing on all cylinders. You can have Desmond Ridder. You know, they've got some great weapons. Pitts, Drake London, um, you know, Bijan Robinson. There, that is a fancy dream. But it's just who's going to give them the ball. You know, so. To be fair, we mentioned Kayla Williams. Of course, Cal Pitts hasn't exactly. Done the best under Arthur Smith. You know, Cardinals will need a tight end. First, of all, I'd argue, I'd argue so much against that. I think Carvitz is absolutely incredible. If you look at his first year, and you just have to take the context of who's been thrown in the rock. Yeah. You know, Desmond Ritter and what washed up Marcus Mariota. You, I, I challenge you to find Julio Jones. Probably Julio Jones would struggle in that for me personally. So I, I think Carvitz, honestly. He'll be a superstar, yeah. Yeah, but I think that if Al Smith doesn't rate him, it doesn't, I don't think he's entirely been, the game plan's been in Carpet's favour. I think if you can move him to the team, that would give him the ball more. Like a, uh, like an Arizona, for example, put Kayla Williams in the type of, put, um, what am I saying? Put Kayla Williams in there. A lot, no, sorry, yeah. Put, sorry, that's Carpet. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah my, I'm getting confused as quarterback here, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that could be something that the Falcons could do. They could give the culprits in the first round to try and get Caleb Williams. Um, but then again, it goes back point if Caleb Williams comes into Arizona, who's he throwing the ball to? Sorry, if he comes into Atlanta, yeah, Drake London, that's about it, I think. So it's either way, I think he might be might, might be struggling for a few years with people to throw to. Um, right, week 11 is on the road to the Houston Texans. 
win. Win. I'm saying yeah. it's a win now. Yeah. Oh, so fingers. Yep. And it's a win either way. If we lose, it's still a win. Well, actually, no. That's oh, not, of course. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that'll be a great game. Yeah. That's, that's actually quite exciting, actually. And just to see where they'll be at that point and whether how how they'll how they'll approach the game, both those teams. Um week 12 uh, against the Rams once again, this time at home. How you seen that? I'm one? gonna say that one's a win. Oh, I'm gonna see that that one's a win. Like again, we'll carry the momentum on a bit of a streak. I think it's a win. Yeah. And then week 13 before your week 14 bye week is a road game against Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, that's going to have to go down as a loss. There's, there's no chance in Pittsburgh that time of year as well. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, I think that's that's a that is a loss, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, we have to talk about it in part one as well. The fact that a Mike Tomlin Steelers team down the stretch in the final six games compared to the first six games is a whole different entity and different ball game. It's yeah. completely different. Yeah. Different um, so, so after the bye week, you're once again against the Niners, but this time um, at home. It's still going to be a loss. I mean. Late season Niners, no chance, no chance. Yeah. Uh, week 16 uh, is on the road to the Chicago Bears. This will be an interesting one. I'm going to call that a win, personally. Yeah, I'm going to call that a win. Again, weather's not going to be great, sort of in the Steelers, but I just don't think the Bears are going to fire off the way people think they are. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, it's mainly down to the division. I think there's the teams there. I think the Packers, I think will I think they will be good. I think that love will be I think he'll be good. You've got the Lions and the Vikings as well. I think that's I good. think Lions win I think Lions win the conference. Yeah, I think Lions win the conference. I really conference. Do. Yeah, I think they win the I think they win the conference. Oh no, it was the conference. They definitely win the division, sorry. Uh, um, I mean the NFC the NFC sucks to be fair, um, compared to the AFC. But <laughs> honestly, yeah, and then it'd be interesting what they do with Jared Goff because he's the only sort of question mark, I guess, over there. I, I like off. I think that obviously Hendon Hooker will be there lurking in the background, but I, I do think yeah. I do think that Jared Goff proved it last year that he can be solid. I think that he had good stats last year. Whether he can do it again, we don't know, but he had his we'll get a good season Rams and then we all know what happened since. So yeah, it all depends on that. Um week seventeen, the final away game of the season in the regular season is against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, it's going to be a loss. Again, sort of similar to the Niners, they're going to be deep playoff wrong team and it's that kind of, you know, time of year, it's a loss. Um, and then finally, the week 18 is a home game against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, oh, tricky one, you know, really tricky one. I've got to give the benefit of the doubt to the, to the Seahawks, but again, it's one of those ones I think could swing either way. I really, really do think it's another other way. You know, like I'm talking, I think first half of the season is going to be abysmal for the Cardinals and my, my prediction will show it. I think that back half of the season, you know, bit of gelling with the squad, coaching coming in, Carla coming back, you know. And again, it's one of those things, like I said, you know, that first year coach, that promise. When you look at predicting the next year, you look at the stretch, you look at the back end, you know, last year with the Jags, everyone looked at Lawrence. Those last weeks of, you know, Jacksonville season, Unreal. He was, you know, sort of top three QB in the league, right? If you went to look at week one, everyone would be saying, this guy's, you know, this guy's the number one overall pick. What's that about? Do you know what I mean? So I think the key parts of the NFL season are that last stretch. I think, you know, I see us getting a win. Oh, no, sorry. I see us definitely getting a loss against the Seals, but I think it could go. I think it's one of those ones in the air. Yeah. 
Oh, we came so close to having you and Sam on the exact same record. Sam, oh, had, interesting. Sam had six and eleven, so um, you know, five and twelve for you, which is yeah. about right. I think you know, keep... it does sound about right. Yeah, I think that yeah. does sound about right, realistically. But of course, we have to bring it up. Of course, the record for the Cardinals last year was four and thirteen, and of course, you came onto the podcast last year. <laughs> what your record was? <laughs> I think I think I said the complete opposite, didn't I? Thirteen and four. I think I you had eleven and six. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, well, that, that says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> where we're at and where we were. Oh, God. Where we are now, yeah. It's, um, the contrast, in, it's like, basically the opposite of what we had with uh, Javan in our first episode. With that, He had the Seahawks with five wins last year. This year, he's yeah. on for a, um 11-win season. I think it's, um, you know, it's amazing yeah. how the NFL I, works. I think, I was, I was just going to say, that's the, the beauty of the league. And I'd like, to, I'd like to consider myself as quite a well-informed, you know, person within football and the league and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously I know a bit of scheme stuff as well as guys he's coached, but I mean, that is just it. It's just so topsy-turvy. And it's why when we talk about these teams that have success, it is just so, you know, continued prolonged success. It's just so rare and just, you know, it's so difficult to get that. So that's why you give your hats off too, like I say, the coaches who the Tomlins, the Harbors, you know, these guys who've been around are the staples of their their franchises, says it all. Yeah, especially in the salary cap era we've got these days. Um, that is the end of our second episode in our series. We try to get every NFL fan to preview their team season. So first of all, once again, thank you, Wally, for coming on and rejoining the show. No, thank you for having me. Really enjoyed doing it. Great stuff. And we'll look forward to having you on again, hopefully a lot sooner than last time. Hopefully not as long away. <laughs> Yeah, give me give me a shout. You know, I like the sound of my own voice and I'll always cry about the Cardinals <laughs> at some point. So give me a shout. Absolutely, Andy. Brilliant. Um, in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod podcast as part of the Eurotrips Network. I've been your host, Andy. This has been Ollie Kent. And we will see you guys next time. <laughs>